everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the RevOps Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Henderson, uh, leading revenue operations at Revenue.io, and I'm joined today by Jonathan Stevens and Brandon Redlinger. Go ahead, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, how's it going, everyone? Nice. I like that you tried to extend that out to make it feel like you were doing something different. It's nice. <laughs> I know. Every time it's like, it was, it was uh, yo, uh, every time. I really appreciate it. Uh, all right. So, so this week... We're going to talk about a topic that we have teased talking about probably no shortage of like a dozen times because it's a pretty dense topic, but a super, super important one. We're going to talk about attribution. Um, So we're going to try to get through this in one episode. We might end up having to do a two-parter and revisit the second time. Almost certainly we will, uh, especially because I expect our audience to have some strong feedback and opinions around this one. Um, And please send us that strong feedback and opinions. I would appreciate it. Uh, But... Let's talk about attribution. It's exciting. Attribution is a super important thing. So, first things first, does anybody want to give a definition of attribution? You, it's what you attribute to what is working and what is not. All right. <laughs> <laughs> more on that. I know you can give a proper definition of attribution. So, it's measuring the channels that are effectively bringing dollars in the door. So, you're figuring out what channels are working and what channels are not so that you can better spend your dollars in the right areas. Right. Where are you, what channel are you attributing closed one business to, essentially, right? And you can attribute from all things. You can attribute pipeline, you can attribute closed one business, you can attribute opportunities created, or meetings set, that sort of thing. But it's attributing it to the channel that generated it, or or however you're doing that, right? But attributing it in a way that helps inform your business about what's working from a lead generation and pipeline generation and revenue generation standpoint, versus what's not, essentially, is the, the high level. So why does it matter? Why does it matter to you guys? Oh, it matters so much. So everything <laughs> <laughs> everything we do revolves around attribution and everything we do, we have to measure it to a T because that's how we know what initiatives are working. So a great example is paid sponsorships. We need to know what paid sponsorships are bringing money in the door because if they're not bringing money in the door, then we have to stop using them because it's a waste of money. So that's a very simple use case, but it can go across the gamut of paid social even natural surge, organic social, you name it. Sales outbound, everything, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's everything that could possibly be generating revenue for your business. I mean, it, it's so important to inform your business about what what's working and what's not in, in order for you to adapt quickly and evolve to an ever-changing market. I mean, we, we all saw the marketplace change drastically last year and continues to change very, very fast. Attribution is a key proponent of of changing with it, identifying trends and, and changing very rapidly, right? Um, Thanks, and, and Omicron. By the, way, <laughs> the first, first Omicron reference. Like you, were, you were waiting to work that in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the goal of attribution is to determine which channels and messages that had the greatest impact on the decision to convert or take the desired next step, right? And, and, and to determine which ones have no impact on either of those two things because it will help you inform not only where to invest more money, but where to stop investing, which is equally important. One thing I would note, and this is super, super important, I think, for everybody involved, attribution is not a success metric for a team. It should not be used as such because what happens is if you say... Well, marketing generated this much pipeline, so they were successful, but sales wasn't because they didn't close anything. 
all you're doing is creating friction between mm-hmm. those two teams, right? And and I mean, raise your hand if you've sat in that meeting where it's like this deal is marketing. <laughs> no, this deal is sales. No, I sourced that one. Hold yeah, on, guys. Right. And, right? And, and, and like that's not actually fruitful to the business. In, in fact, it's having a massively negative impact. Also, if you're fighting like that, your attribution model is probably broken. And you're not making the decision for attribution based on what's best for your business. So any decisions you're making on your current attribution are probably wrong and you're moving in the wrong direction. Plus your sales leaders and your marketing leaders will hate each other, which is not helpful. The definition that I like is actually a little bit more broad. It's just connecting marketing and sales activities to desired outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to be close one revenue. Right. Like totally. I, I, we, we mentioned this on a previous episode, but uh, you can do stage funnel attribution, too. Right. Totally. Um, and it, it just it just helps you make decisions. And I don't think it should be the deciding factor about where you should put all your money, because, you know, more and more, especially when we're moving to, a, you know, maybe cookie-less future in the uh, yeah, uh, cookie-less Cookie um, future, please God no. <laughs> no. I, I, yeah, I know, right? Like it, it, it hurts, but I, I think it's coming, and I think yeah. there's only going to be more people to, uh, to follow that lead. Um, but I, I do think there's a lot to be said for also using intuition, right? Like mm-hmm. we've, if you've been around marketing long enough, um, you've, you've ingested enough data, you've run enough campaigns, you probably have a decent idea of what's happening, and uh, I mean a big piece of why attribution is so hard is attribution really only tracks the things that can be tracked right, right? How, like how how do you track a uh, podcast attribution how do you track dark social stuff right how do you track- I, I attribute all revenue revenue io to this podcast <laughs> yeah, that, that's very true i think yeah, that's, that's very, very accurate everybody's good intuition that you have there yeah, jordan that's our, that's our attribution model sales and marketing never fight so they get it. so it's perfect obviously no but but i totally agree right because it's not your marketing and sales touch points and your efforts are not always just focused I'm closing business. Right, Sometimes exactly. nurturing things along. It might be you, you could measure attribution about what content is encouraging people to move from stage two of your intent model to stage one of your intent model, right? You can work it back into stages of, of your deal cycle, pre, top of funnel stuff, all sorts of things that are, that'll be impactful in your decision-making pro- process, which, which is sort of the point, right? The point of attribution is to find out what's best for the business. That, that is the goal of actual attribution. The point of it is not, again... I want to I want to say this loud and clear for everybody. The point of it is not to say, "Hey, marketing's doing great or sales is doing terrible," or "Hey, sales is generating a ton of pipeline, marketing is doing terrible." That is not the point of attribution. It's just not. It's it's a revenue operations metric and it should be so helpful for people to think of it that way. We're not using this to fight with each other. We're using this to actually inform all parts of the business. Well, I'll I'll go back to a John Miller quote, right? And it's uh you don't use attribution to um oh shit. Hold on, now I lost it. Um, <laughs> you nailed it last time. You I, I know. I was like, wait, wait. I had it right. I've, I've heard it say it so many times. Yeah, you, you don't use attribution to prove your marketing. You use it to improve. Right. Right. Yes. There you've got it. Now you've got it right. There we we're go. Gonna there play, we go. We're gonna blame that subtle gaffe on Jonathan. Just everybody knows the thirtieth like <laughs> time we've recorded an episode of the RevOps podcast, and this is the. 
the first time we've had to re-record a topic. <laughs> we've actually never had an outtake episode until last week because Jonathan joined and just so hungover. Went to the for, Chiefs game the night before. But yeah, went yeah. to a football game, got home late, decided to show up, and he joined the podcast. And he got asked a question, and he stared blankly at the camera for about three minutes. And then, asked, <laughs> and then asked if we could restart, and it was ten minutes into the episode. And then when we started again, like, oh, let's, let's ask you the question again, he paused for another two minutes and said, I can't do this today. And we got off the episode. <laughs> That was it. It was the biggest failure of an episode I've ever experienced. And I wanted everybody to know that because I'm so minorly upset. There he, gets proud, guys. he gets one there pass. Were, there were I'm 10 minutes proud. of gold recorded that the audience will never get to hear. Everybody send Jonathan your angry thoughts about that. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Anyway. I blame uh, Travis Kelsey's amazing overtime touchdown. Thank you. Uh, we just Party too hard after nobody, that. Nobody cares about the Chiefs, man. Nobody cares about the Chiefs. Anyways, anyways, moving on. Attribution, super, super important. We're circling back. There are lots of different, but to your point, yes, the John Miller quote is, is wonderful. It's not used to prove, it's used to improve. That is exactly right. That is the way I would think about it. And if you find yourself in these conversations where sales leaders and marketing leaders are arguing about that, point them to that quote and also revisit your attribution model, get ready to agree upon that principle. It's got to be a top-down thing, 100%, yep. Yep. right? Yep. Yeah, I think the goals especially have to align at the top because that's usually what creates that friction is if you've got offset goals that are conflicting between marketing and sales. You need to align those at the top. Right, totally, totally agree. So there are lots of different versions of attribution. I mean, there are dozens. I want to talk about mm-hmm. a handful that are that are like very, very common or easy to implement sort of ones that people will experience or think about implementing. I, there, there's no... We could spend an entire year doing episodes on different attribution models. It is a endless plethora of things, and we'll link some resources in the episode. But a couple, a couple ones to talk about. So uh, first, I want to do probably the simplest one: first touch attribution. Anybody want to take a crack at first touch attribution? First touch would be the first conversion that you were able to get a prospect to take. So that could be they registered for a webinar or they filled out a demo request form. That would be your attributed first touch in that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent of the revenue of the weight goes. Yeah, to the first touch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if somebody has six touches, they've converted six times, and then they finally close. Whatever, and they close for thirty thousand dollars. All thirty thousand dollars goes to whatever that first touch was. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the model. Um, pros and cons. I want to do pros and cons on on kind of four or five of these because I think it's important for people in their decision making process. Um, for me, it's the the big pro on this one is if you're not doing attribution at all, this is a really simple model. You could mm-hmm. turn this on tomorrow, right? Very like easy. if you have a very emerging go to market strategy, you don't you're not using an attribution model that's complex. You have a light, or maybe a small sales team, small marketing team. I mean, it's a great starting point. It's easy to turn on and get going. Yeah, and if you get if you're a Salesforce user, it's that you go into setup campaign influence. You can turn those models on and get going on that. And they've got custom report types, and it's pretty easy to get started with campaign attribution in Salesforce totally. or any other. Like I, I, it's it's so basic; they pretty much all have it. <laughs> right? Sure. It's it's yeah. it's really simple. The the other huge pro of this one for me, by the way, is if I have a product that's a three week buying cycle. First touch is wonderful. I probably never even have to consider expanding beyond that. Like if it's if it's that quick on average, first touch is a very important way to measure this. And I don't need to be more complex than that. That first touch mm-hmm. is is probably where my decision making exists, right? With that short of a buying cycle. If it gets any longer than that, then it starts to become problematic. That's where I want to talk about the cons. Obvious, obvious con. 
the picture is very, I mean, it's a one dot painting, right? We, we are not looking at a full picture here in any way, shape or form for anything past, you know, like a, a short buying cycle. If I have a seven month buying cycle and I'm intruding to that first touch, that is not helping me make decisions for my business. Nope. Yeah. And I, I think what we've ended up doing is we kind of use a combination here internally of first touch and even distribution we're getting there. We're getting there. Don't you worry. <laughs> He's jumping the gun. He's getting too excited. Talking about first touch right now. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. <laughs> we know you're excited about this. This yeah, time. I know. I'm so I know. excited. <laughs> and we don't. Um, by the way, we we are at a place here, which I'm very proud of. We don't fight over attribution. We don't. Mm. We are aligned on like attribution. The the question is, what's best for the business? What's going to help our decision making strategy? We follow a thing and, and we agree to it. And we've tweaked our attribution model. We will continue to do so. Um, mm. But but we don't fight about it. Which man, I've been in a lot of companies before. I can't say I've ever been at one where marketing and sales didn't fight a bit about yeah. attribution. So yeah. it's, it's a really exciting thing, actually, um, from a RevOps standpoint to to get to that level. It's it's very awesome. Um, any other cons for first touch that you guys want to talk about or pros? Well, I, I mean, I think the biggest con is just like it it really doesn't account for anything else that happens, right? So, yeah. I mean, kind of like you said, fine if it's really short sales cycle, probably fine for a lot of consumer products. Uh, but once you're once you get into any sort of lengthy sales cycle uh, where you have multiple touches, multiple decision makers, uh, you know, larger deals, it just, yeah, it, it only... Uh, takes into account such a tiny part of the whole picture. Yeah. And then what happens if you want to start attributing marketing to your existing customers? You, you know, your first touch is out the window because that's applying yeah. to their new business deal. So now you've got existing business that you've got to measure influence on, but you can't because you're using first touch. Right. And I think that's, that's, that, that can be said for any single source attribution model, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it, the biggest thing for me is, is, the other one that I would note is first touch attribution only really allows you to measure closed one attribution. Like what revenue did I win? Because there's only one thing you're attributing to. So if I, I can't measure what, what moved it from stage two to stage three or what moved it from intent level three to intent level one, right? Because I'm, I'm only attributing to one thing. So I would, if I was measuring those different types of attributions to that level of granularity, it would all still be the same answer. It would all be that first conversion, which, which is a very simple model for a long-term plan. I, I no longer know what content is helping actually move the needle forward on existing deals and, and what content should do that, which by the way, uninspires my marketing team to create content that's going to help me speed up deals. Because right. that, exactly. that content is not going to help them like, generate business from from their standpoint. They're they're looking at it as like, wow, this this sweet guide that I created for our deal cycle has got zero dollars attributed to it. Yeah. Super super <laughs> helpful for me, right? Um, so so it's demotivating in a regard to to use it when when you're in those long term deal cycles. Cool. Are we all right? We ready to move on to the next one? Let's do it. Yes, sir. All right, we're we're gonna move on to the the total opposite of first touch, last touch attribution who wants to uh, give this, the obvious definition of last touch <laughs> this is my least favorite brain out to let you take the definition I oh hate this you can't say it's your least favorite <laughs> <laughs> i don't even want to talk about this one yeah. i don't yeah. want to do with it everybody listening jonathan just said he hates you if you use last touch attribution <laughs> <laughs> but, he's gonna unconnect we, you on linkedin <laughs> we, we, we've got to unpack this all right jonathan hit us with your definition for, so similar to last touch, this is attributing 100% of the attribution to the last marketing or sales touch point before it converted 
to a deal. All right. And it is so flawed. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's okay. see if we can wind him up and let him go. Let's see how long he goes here. I think yeah. the cons of this model, Jonathan, why do you hate it? Yeah. I mean, you have no idea how that person got in the door to start. So your marketing spend analyzing that is almost impossible at that point because you're just counting the last time they converted. So that alone is a huge flaw. And usually the last thing that converts is kind of the icing on the cake. You've already kind of made the the cake and everything's tasting good. And now you put the icing on with that last touch. So giving all the credit to the icing, although it is delicious. It's not delicious. Sometimes it's a really good analogy. At least it's not a fish tank. But yeah, I totally agree. Right? It actually it it totally disregards your lead gen strategy. You have no idea what's actually bringing new folks in the door. All you know is what are they converting on right before they buy, which is probably too late in the process. Like, I mean, how many times anybody here who's listening who's bought software. You know how many how many times have you been literally contract in hand and you've gone to their website and downloaded some content content like right mm-hmm. before you've signed a content? It's gonna get attributed to that, which had nothing yeah. to do with like your going into the process, right? Like or or like worse yet, I could send you some content and that yes. might get attributed, right? And so it, it is deeply flawed. The, the pro, of course, it's again very, very simple to turn on. And mm-hmm. If you have a really short buying cycle, it can be informative. It's not as informative, I think, as first touch if you have a buying short buying cycle. If I have a three-week buying cycle, I'm for sure going with first touch versus last touch. It's not it's not close for me, but I could see a reason why you might. Um, but yeah, and then it, it just totally disregards a multi-channel marketing. It's it just it kind of the same as first touch, right? You you don't you miss everything in between. Um, even yeah. even more of a miss. And Brandon, I know you have a stat on this. I can't think of it. How many touches does it take to close a deal on average? I, I think I remember you had a stat on that one. I uh, think it's like seven, seven. Seven pieces of marketing content, yeah, right? Yeah. Seven pieces of content. I think it was 11 from the Randy first episode. Yeah, that's right. 11. Randy, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what it was. 11. It was 11. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Which, 11.4. And you're only measuring <laughs> the last one. And you only yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's not and 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 think about I would think of when I think of attribution, what what model is going to help me make the best decisions for my business? And at least with first touch, I can argue that that's gonna if I'm having a hard time doing lead gen as a business, first touch gets me the information I need to improve lead gen. With last touch, I'm only finding out maybe, maybe what information helps me get them to sign the thing on the last day. That that would be the the value of this to me. Other, beyond that, I, I don't see a lot of value in Last Touch either. I agree with you, Jonathan. I think it's it's not a great model, but I'm pretty pretty excited that you are that's angry about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> any other any other rage you want to get out? <laughs> Let me tell you. No. Do you got a, do you got another uh, do you got another analogy buried in there somewhere? <laughs> I could dream one up here in a minute. <laughs> oh man, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I think we're we're bucking it out today. Right, are we good? Are we good with last touch? We move on. We move on from the yeah. dumpster fire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> dumpster fire attribution is measuring the last time that we've reached out to them. Uh, anyways, all right. So the next one I want to talk about even distribution. Some some people, by the way, will call this linear distribution. Fine, whatever. I don't care. Call it whatever you want. Nomenclature means nothing to me. Um, even distribution. Who wants to take a crack? Where each where each uh, touch gets the same amount of weight in your right. in your model. Yeah. 
Right. These are very well named. First time. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you get yourself into it. Yeah. Like, he's going to be like, yeah, like, I don't really need you to give a definition. I know what that is. <laughs> Doesn't matter. This is the format. We're sticking to it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Deal with it. Man, I'm sorry. I'm having a, I'm having a day. We're doing this. <laughs> We're recording this on Christmas break week. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> do, uh, who wants to talk about pros and cons of even distribution? Yeah, I think the biggest pro is it tells the full picture of everything it took to get the deal across it the finish starts line. To, it starts. Yeah, to, it, starts it, it, it addresses a multi-touch yeah. approach, right? Like it starts mm-hmm. to tell that picture. Yeah, and you can start to analyze what types of content in the stage they're in is starting to be effective. So a lot of times you'll you'll you can start to measure. Okay, the first touch is great at this, but then once they get past the first touch, what content is going to make them? get into the deal cycle. Totally. Yeah, you're going going back to what we were talking about this the start, which is attribution isn't just valuable in terms of knowing what is actually resulting in closed revenue, but it's valuable in knowing what's pushing deals through the cycle or pushing people to create opportunities, that sort of stuff. And once you start to do something, even distribution, because you're providing attribution back to all of the campaigns, even though it's even, but because they're all in there, then you can start to see, okay, this piece of content helps deals move from stage two to stage three because it's all included in the model. And it's kind of the first one of the three we're talking about that allows you to, to make business decisions that aren't just lead gen or closed business. It allows you to make business decisions for in between two. So super helpful for if you have no attribution model, but a very long buying cycle is a great place to start. Because mm-hmm. it's not that complex. Again, it's an even model. So it's yep. pretty simple. I think you can just turn this one on in Salesforce too, I'm pretty sure. It is very easy. Yeah. And most other tools as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, it'd be pretty hard to not have this one, right? Yeah, but if exactly. you have a long, if you have a long buying cycle and you don't, you know, and you, you're figuring out what attribution model I want to use, and you're going to start somewhere, it's a great place to start. It also builds into other ones as you go. Um, I think so, it, it's important to note that you have to have your campaigns buttoned up. You need to understand how your campaign object works in Salesforce to make this work for you, because you'll run into a lot of gaps if you're missing that. Totally. Totally agree. Um, and then and then cons of it, right? It's It starts to paint a picture. It's not a very clear picture. It's just bucketing everybody across the way. And so it's not, I mean, it's giving me some decision-making capability, but it's not as informative as it could be, especially if I have a, maybe you're in a business where, you know, you got 17 pieces of content per closed one deal and it's happening all throughout their life cycle and you're evenly distributing across all 17 of those. That, that gets to the point where it's so diluted that it doesn't inform very much for me, which, which, problems and exactly. a lot of the good i was just gonna say that the my, my main um concern with this is it, it assumes that all touches have the same value right same impact mm-hmm. yeah exactly so that says someone who attends a webinar is the same as someone who clicked on an email Right, and and we all know that someone who attends a webinar is going to be uh, that that webinar did a lot more for you than that email or that that ad right. conversion, right? Right, true, right. And like somebody clicked on a thing that was like a, a a video of a demo of your product versus receiving an email. Like one of those things should get weighted more heavily, right? Or you know, it mm-hmm. it, um, it doesn't create a full picture in that regard. It, it becomes very problematic. Also, think by the way, weighted attribution is pretty problematic. Back to if you have like a three week buying cycle 
I think that mm-hmm. becomes pretty problematic because you're not actually then informing your business. Like maybe they downloaded seven pieces of content in three weeks. What the heck are you driving from that? I don't, I don't, I don't know anything to, to glean from that bit of information other than, wow, we, we have a lot of content. Like that's super helpful, right? It, but beyond that, it's not informing my business in a way that's actually meaningful because of that short buying cycle. So if, if you're in that boat, it's, it's probably not right for you. Yeah. But I think also even distribution could really help just paint that big picture, especially on your content side of the fence, just to be able to understand on a high level, you can build amazing content dashboards with this and be able to tell what content's yeah. working, what's driving deals, what content hasn't driven a deal in a year. It'll help your content, really inform your content team on what to continue working on, what to kind of retire. Yeah, I think I think it's, if you haven't used attribution to inform your content team at all, it's a super great place to start. Because basically you're going to see here's the content that's not getting attributed to even though we're attributing evenly across all these, right? So mm-hmm. you can start to cut that sort of content out, but then it, 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 it minimizes your ability to say this one is you know 40% valuable versus this one's 80% valuable. You, mm-hmm. you don't see that level of tiering in your content decision-making, which, which really requires what the, the sort of models we're going to talk about next, which is more like a weighted, any, any version of a weighted attribution model, which, which allows you to decide more, okay, this one's terrible, then this one's great, versus this one's terrible, this one's mediocre, this one's good, this one's great, right? And, mm-hmm. those, and those are the sort of decisions you want to make cool anything else on this one before we go into the fun ones nope. i mean everybody's heard us say attribution like 93 times <laughs> we talked about like the three simplest versions of it and it's still it's still fun it's still an it is still topic. fun I, I don't know your definition of fun you, I, I mean, tell you what. Jonathan knows i hate attribution <laughs> but it's also wildly fascinating because there's so many ways to do it and it's so yeah, impactful yeah. for your business and, mm-hmm. and and it's so informative can't right? ignore it, it. You yeah, you, you just can't. But at the same time, when people are like, we, every time I get a note that's like, I want to talk about our attribution model, I just, oh my God, my stomach hurts over. <laughs> he runs the I other way. I don't want to do it. The amount of ops effort that goes into this. Yeah, oh, I man. drag my yeah. feet on this one all the time. But we do it. God damn, we buckle in and get it done every time. That's what I recommend you do. Uh, mostly I tell Jonathan to work on that. That's what happens. <laughs> Anyways, all right, weighted attribution. And and I'm gonna we're gonna talk about a few of these. Time decay, position-based, algorithmic, they're all options, right? So let's start with time decay attribution. And anybody want to give a crack at time decay attribution? Also well named, by the way. Did you just point at me? You can't just point. We're on a podcast. No. <laughs> Dude, <that's laughs> I, was, I, I was taking all the definitions. I was trying to point right, the right. and take oh, it. <laughs> so time decay attribution is a weighted attribution model, which distributes attribution across multiple events, but assigning more credit to those closer to the time of the conversion or closer to the time of the deal close, whichever one you prefer, right? And so it, it weights based on time decay. Typically, I, I think it's weighted more to conversion, but um, it is very much a weighted attribution model. Think of even and then weighted against the ones that are are newer. Yeah, more weight, the more recent the touch. Yeah. 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 And when you're when you're jumping into these ballparks of attribution, you have got a very sophisticated setup with your BI and your analyst roles. So this is not something I would start with. I would grow into this type of attribution. Yeah, good point. Yep. Yeah. Super, super important. And I think, by the way, if you start with an even model, because that's the right starting point for you, it actually becomes easier 
because your campaigns are all buttoned up and your BI tool would exist and you'd be feeding that information in a clean way to then move into a weighted attribution model over time versus starting with last touch or first touch and then moving into a weighted model. Because for last yep. touch and first touch, your campaigns don't have to be as buttoned up. And so that data might not be as clean and implementing something like this is going to be super, super difficult. Um, pros and cons, time decay. Yeah, I mean, I think the first one is implementation alone is it's a tricky one because not only are you implementing a lot of backend logic based on that date, but the start date and the end date of the attribution of all the different campaigns, you have to calculate it based on the total number of campaigns. And then you also have to consider what you're waiting and how you're waiting it. And then also like there's a lot, just a lot of planning that goes into this, especially on the ops side. Totally. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a con for long-term implementation, right? I mean, I think I think the biggest pro of this model is if you're looking at your business and you have a high consideration product, and what I mean by that is, you know, your deal cycle is like a year and you need a lot of stakeholders involved and it's a very consultative sales process because, you know, putting this thing in place, the product you're selling is very... I mean, it's a high consideration product, right? So there's a lot of people that do it. It's probably very expensive. There's a sales process where you're building intense relationships. This model becomes very valuable because you're measuring the effectiveness of your marketing content and your sales outreach and all of those things in actually building that relationship over time, which is which has got to be the goal of a lot of your content because of your, your product model, right? Um, that's where I see this one being sort of incredible. And past, past that, I think it you know is not as helpful. Um, Con, yeah, totally. I, I think absolutely the the fact of getting this in place, you need some some real ops chops to put something like this in place. By mm-hmm. the way, it's probably a podcast for the next time. Ops chops would like make food. But yeah, any other pros and cons? I, th- I think uh, generally you hear uh, a con of this one being that it doesn't account for any of your top of funnel, um, uh, any top of funnel touches that actually got the deal in the door in the first place right so that says the one that actually brought them in gets the least amount of credit right so that that's probably the 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 biggest uh, con that i hear about this one yeah similar to last touch it doesn't it doesn't effectively inform your lead gen strategy exactly which 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 has got to be a key proponent of of attribution modeling right and and then the other piece that i would touch on there is this is not super effective from an intent-based outreach strategy because intent strategies are usually focused around grabbing people that are you know low intent moving them to medium intent moving them to high intent and then moving them into the funnel and if i'm using time-based i'm not actually attributing back to any of those pieces of content that helped move them through that process and then get them into the funnel i'm attributing what happened in the funnel and so it's not going to actually inform my intent strategy if you're using intent data this might not be the model for you yep that's it yep. jonathan nothing else nothing else i mean this is Maybe the second one I hate the most because it's just like <laughs> yeah, last time. Right, right. it, it, it is similar to the. It's, it's a little better than last touch, but not quite. <laughs> it still sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly I think that some of the same exact problems with last yeah. last touch are the same problems with time decay. Mm-hmm. I think there's limited, like I said, there's a limited scenario where you have a, a high consideration product where this can be very effective, especially if you particularly know your demand gen is being very effective and you can minimize the need to you know tweak that. Then, then this can be a valuable thing to look at. But beyond that, yeah, it's not my favorite either. And the the effort it would take to implement versus the reward you get out of the data, not worth it. No thanks. <laughs> not worth it. Don't even think about it. <laughs> all right, all right. Jonathan says if you're doing this, he also hates you. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna move on to another weighted one. 
Um, weighted attribution models, there are, by the way, like 70 different versions of weighted attribution models. It's insane. Um, Position-based attribution. And does either of you want to take a crack at this? You want me to just give it a go? Jonathan's going to point at me in a minute, probably. <laughs> I'm double pointing. All right. so, so you have the position- definition in front of you. Go for it. <laughs> Position-based attribution is, again, a weighted model. So you're weighting things differently from an attribution standpoint. But in this one, you're assuming that the two most important interactions that a customer has with your business are the very first touch before conversion and the very last touch before buying. And so it assigns a fixed credit to the customer's first and last points of contact prior to conversion. And then the remaining gets equal distribution. So you might say 25% first touch, 25% last touch, everything in between splits the remaining 50%. And maybe you have 10 points in between, or maybe it's it's nine if we're saying 11 is the total number. Those nine split the remaining 50% of attribution. Often called a U-shaped model because it looks like a U. <laughs> <laughs> Valuable contribution, Rand. That's right. right. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, It is. It it, it looks exactly like a U. Well, it could look not like a U. I want to point out the reason that that would be flawed is if you only have three touch points, it would just look like a flat line. Or it would look like an upside down U. Yeah. It would be a pyramid. Um, I think this one has a lot of positives. I think it's the better of the three when you're comparing last touch and time decay. Um, the, the flaw I see is usually what I see is usually that second or third is a pretty, pretty good touch there. So you're, you're missing that second and third. If you got four touches, that second and third one is probably going to be a pretty effective one, but you're not measuring it at all because you're triggering first and first and last. So, the, I mean, it's, it's flawed because you could be missing a lot of key data that you wouldn't get if you were just using a more even distribution, or at least a weighted distribution where you're weighting things you know, like webinars or high-value content has higher weight. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think the when I think about this one, I think of it from a what, what to, and all attribution, right? What decisions for my business does it help me make? And this one has the most positives by far mm-hmm. of the ones we've talked about, right? It helps yeah. me inform my lead gen at the top of funnel. It helps me inform my deal deal things and everything in between to a degree. Now it's limited. Mm-hmm. It at least gives you credit. Yeah, yeah, it gives right. some It'll credit. Show up it, in the it, it some, yeah, it signs some value. It helps my content team decide what to do. It helps my sales team know what content to share opportunities and share with customers to 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 push them through the process. So it's informing much more of my business decision making process than any of the other models in a way that I'm comfortable is accurate. For sure. Um, it's wildly unnecessary for short deal cycles. It, it doesn't make right. a ton of sense if you have a super <laughs> short deal cycle. And and if you have a, a go-to-market approach with a ton of you know touch points, it might just kind of be worthless to the same degree that even distribution becomes worthless, where it's just too diluted. Mm-hmm. Would would be my two biggest cons. Brandon, any, anything you want to add for pros and cons on this? No, I, I, I do like this one um, uh, quite a bit. Oh, um, between the fractional distribution or the fractional models, um, just because what you said, you, you get credit for what a lot of people think is the most important, which is what convert or what uh, got them in the door. It gives you credit for what pushed them across the conversion. And it at least gives you some credit along the way. So if, if you are like kind of mid-level, you know, intermediate level attribution uh, person out there, I, I think it's a great one to use. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally agree. Yeah, I think it's and it, it's also 
easier than time decay for what it's worth. Yeah. It's better mm-hmm. and easier to implement. Yeah. So that 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 is a, a a pretty telling thing, right? If it's easier than some of the other ones and gives you more informative decision making, yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of a no brainer. I want to point that out. Kind of a no brainer. <laughs> um, all right. Before we move forward, Jonathan, are there attribution models you actually like? <laughs> <laughs> That's the real question. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I like first touch to inform the lead generation process, and I, I like you know, ideally some type of weighted model where you're weighting more heavily on the high value content and the high value, uh, webinars would be, but it'd be more of a custom weighted, even distribution. It wouldn't necessarily be one of the kind of out of the box ones that we talked about. That becomes sort of algorithmic, right? Where you're deciding Mm -hmm. what, what of your content. And that's what we do. If you want to talk about us, I know you, I know you've been waiting to talk about our attribution model. (laughs) If you want to tell us about our attribution model, which would be an algorithmic, I believe is, is the way we would describe that. Talk about ours, Jonathan, tell the world about our attribution model. Yeah, so we use a combination. Oh, I can finally do this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he's been waiting for this oh you, since we started the podcast. Center yourself. Center okay, yourself. <laughs> no, I mean we do uh, an amazing job of tracking. I, you know, we can always do better. It's always a evolving process, getting uh, fine tuned in the attribution. But we use heavily for first touch to inform our lead generation, especially on the paid side. So our paid social and our paid sponsorships, we really weigh heavily on the first touch model. And then we use a combination of even distribution on the other end of that to able to be able to tell what content, what types of initiatives are influencing deals, even if they aren't generating deals. So we, we put a little more weight to know what's generating the lead, what's bringing the lead in the door. But at the same time, we're not forgetting the fact that there's a lot of other initiatives that we do here at revenue.io that really ends up converting the person into a, a customer. Totally. Yeah, it's it's a combination for sure of first touch and even distribution across ours. I mean, it's it's algorithmic in that we we weight certain things heavier than others, right? Like webinars weight more than than emails, for instance. But but it is it's it's very informative for our decision making in that we we not only are able to use our attribution model to say here's what demand gen is working and what isn't, right? Which which is again, one of the foremost purposes of attribution, but also here's what content is helping throughout the whole funnel. And here's, here's where it's working. Here's where it's not. And, and you might be able to say things like, Hey, we shouldn't share this piece of content to a customer until they're in stage three, right? Because you mm-hmm. can, you can actually start to, to do those things by the way we're doing it, which, which is algorithmic and, and a very advanced attribution model. We're talking about if you're, if you've never implemented one, don't start there. Because <laughs> it's really hard. Mm-hmm. But if you're working, I mean, if you're working at a major company, and and you've been doing attribution in some way, shape, or form, probably some version of, of one of these or some combination thereof, algorithmic is is almost certainly what you've been doing. The, the most important thing with algorithmic is to continue to evaluate it as you spread mm-hmm. into new channels, as you release new campaigns, and go down different rabbit holes of what types of content you're putting out in the world. If you're a Fortune 500 company, you're doing that all the time. You need to continue to tweak that attribution model to actually inform your business, which becomes difficult, but also very, very valuable. Yep. And I I can't tell you the number of times that I've just been looking at reports and have seen, oh, this third or fourth touch out of 10 touches, you know, this calculator is just killing it. But you would never have known that if you weren't using some type of even distribution model. So that that type of stuff is what makes me a believer of counting everything, at least to an extent, because you're going to miss a lot of what's what's working. Well, to, totally. to that point, you have to you have to have some data to begin with. Right. Which is mm-hmm. another reason you can't just use this right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Right. You, data totally. helps you inform how you actually do algorithmic attribution or a, a lot of these custom models. Right. When 
custom fractional models. Yeah, yeah, totally. Anything else you guys want to add before I move on to uh, this week on LinkedIn? Um, there's, probably, there's probably a whole other episode on this, but I'm not going to promise yeah. that. What's your favorite attribution model, Jordan? I like algorithmic. I like ours. It's very hard to get to that point. I mean, it, it, I, if you're at a company with a three-week deal cycle, it doesn't matter if you're a Fortune 500 or a short one. First touch is probably fine because you know, you're looking at a three-week deal cycle. Who cares? That's all you really need to know. Um, but uh, it, most companies aren't looking at that. And, and so the reality is, is that you want to get through to something like algorithmic ultimately, right? That, that you're going to want to get to that point eventually. So where I would start in this, you know, again, regardless of what company size you're at, if you're just building this out, start with even distribution, mm-hmm. get all the data cleaned up, get all the campaigns cleaned up, get everything you need set up to where you can do even distribution well, use the, the information you find out using even attribution to then start to build into an algorithmic attribution model, because then you can switch the weighting. You can tweak all those things and adjust as you go, but at least you're going to get gather all the data you need to make decisions for the algorithmic model in the future by putting something like even touch in, by the way, even touch again, it, it, it's not the best, but it's, it's at least something that informs the rest of your business in the meantime as well. So that would be my recommendation typically. And from an operation standpoint, Digging in on that type of object relationship, especially as it pertains to Salesforce, you are going to be so damn dangerous after that. Once you've got a solid understanding of how that's calculated and how those objects work together, it's one of the most valuable things I've ever learned in ops. Totally. Totally. Brandon, what's yours? Um, Well, at at Engageo, we did engagement minute-based attribution. Have you guys heard of that? No, let's talk about it. Um, Let's do it. Okay, so... How long were they on a piece of content? But basically, that's exactly it, right? Mm. So well, they named it so well. You can just I, know. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, I I think this is so powerful. Okay, so yeah, high high level. Um, at Engageo and a lot of you know account based solutions out there, they're looking at engagement minutes, right? So mm. if if you have a ten minute video, how much uh, how many engagement minutes do you think we should uh, attribute to? 10 minutes. It's, it's pretty obvious. Um, where, where you actually do need a little bit of uh, just discretion is ebooks or blog posts, mm. right? So you are kind of doing a little bit more manual work assigning those. Um, but if you have, uh, you know, 20 touches and 20, uh, 100 minutes of engagement minutes, mm. and you have a, a video that's 10 minutes long, it's pretty clear what kind of attribution you should actually give to that video, right? Yeah. So it's actually based on the minutes. The weight is based on the minutes of engagement that they have with you throughout the entire customer journey. Um, you're, you're, like essentially, you're essentially doing an algorithmic model based on attention, right? How much attention are they providing? Because attention is our most valuable resource. So if people are paying attention to this piece of content more than this one by you know sticking on it longer, spending more time on it, it's probably more valuable to you as a business right. than, than another piece of content. So totally. In that scenario, what do you do with a piece of content where you might not necessarily be able to measure the minutes they spent on it? Do they? Does it just naturally get less weight because of that? No, you, you are making those decisions, right? So, okay. yeah, to, in in Engageo now demand based, yeah, you can go in there and say all ebooks are you know five minutes, but mm. then you can go in and say each individual ebook, this clear and complete guide is, you know, 250 pages. I want to actually Hmm. give that 30 minutes. So you can say default is this, but individual pieces, you can 
define whatever you want for those engagement, uh, engagement mm-hmm. minutes. The other powerful thing about it too is you can actually wait based on different stages. It's, it's a late stage ebook. Let's give it one and a half times the minutes. You can mm-hmm. also wait it based on persona. It's a VP that's looking at my piece of content in this account. I'm going to give that one and a half. Or it's an intern. Sorry, intern, you don't matter at all. You get zero oh. minutes. <laughs> yeah. I think, by the way, I think I like this model, but also I like it because anybody who's listening to the podcast, you listen to like eight episodes, we're getting all that attribution, baby. We got like 45 minutes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I only say that because jokingly, yes, that's true. But also that's where the, the you have to be careful with this model, yes, right? Because that that can't be you can't attribute 80% of all deals to anybody who listened to the podcast that's not a, the intention of this podcast is not to sell you software yeah. but it is in our in our attribution model right and so we'd have to be you'd have to be very careful about okay great like podcasts are not going to be 60 minutes for every podcast they listen to because that's going to heavily skew them people are going to listen to those all the time and that's going to that's going to be wild but i just do want to know if they are listening to podcasts so you got to figure out how to know for yeah and things. i think it goes back to what we said in the beginning is you're always tweaking yours, refining, you're always yeah. figuring out how you can actually do better uh, modeling, right? So yeah. maybe you do in the beginning, you're like, yeah, podcast is 80 or uh, yeah, 90 minutes. Let's, let's put <laughs> 90 minutes of attribution. And then all of a sudden everything gets attributed to podcasting. You're like, yeah, maybe this isn't right. Maybe we should do <laughs> right. 20 minutes instead, even though it is still a 90 minute episode. Right. Yeah. You got to figure out what, how, what, what the value to the deal actually is to a degree. Right. Yeah. And I can yeah. see you could almost use some, you know, like the Vidyards and the Wistias of the world can actually, you can actually put minutes watched on certain videos onto the lead and contact record. So there are some tools that you can actually get granular with those minutes spent. Exactly. Yeah. You really have to be a whiz to do all that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Don't. That, that I do want to make that point is don't get into a model that you cannot support. You have to have. Skipping ahead. Slow down. Slow okay. down. Because the this week on LinkedIn question is actually a question I've got like 27 times in the past three months alone because we always talk about attribution and then we're like, we'll do it someday and then we never do it. And some people are like, when are you going to talk about attribution and what model should I use or how do I decide what model to use? Is that Jonathan yeah. sending you LinkedIn's every every day or what? <laughs> There's all these fake profiles. Like John, John Stevens, Johnny Stevens, Johnny Sprinkles, <laughs> Johnny Sprinkles, <laughs> Johnny S. Pumpkins. Somebody gets that reference. Um, anyways, so how? If you guys are sitting at a company, say it's you know, hundred employees, there's no attribution model in place. How do you decide? Oh man, that's a uh, it's weighted. I mean. It, it depends on what you're selling, how you're selling it. Are you B2B or are you B2C? If you're B2C, you could very well easily get by with a first touch model. If you're B2B, that's going to be when you're going to start looking at the even distribution, weighted distribution models. Um, but yeah, I think you, you start out, you map it out, you map out what's important to the business. What what does the business care about? Do, do we care about bringing leads in the door? Do we care about content? Like, if, Do you have a content team that would even care about making sure which content is working or not. Some people just have one content person and they're just doing what they can. So in that case, you probably don't need to measure content as much as a more sophisticated marketing department. Totally. 
Yeah, I mean, start start with the simplest thing, right? N- create a customer journey map, whether it's B2B, B2C. Mm-hmm. Figure out what, what, is your, what does my customer journey look like? What are my touch points? What are my channels? What are my interactions throughout this on, on, on average, right? Like, I, I need to at least know those things. Once I know that, then I can get into actually deciding on what model works for me. And once I, once I have that customer journey map in place, then, then I'm going in to ask the question, like, does this actually answer the executive questions that we want to answer with our model? Does this help me inform my demand gen strategy at the top? What, what is actually important in our attribution model? right now and if 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 that is demand gen if that is pushing deals through the process if that is getting them to close at the finish line what are the what are the reasons i'm putting attribution model in place and i want to make sure my model answers those questions first and foremost Um, and that can change yeah and to me like in my opinion the most important of all of this is that we're allocating our limited every company's got limited resources and we you know we're not alone in that we've only got so much time to do a certain amount of things so we need to make sure that we're focused on the things that are bringing dollars in the door first and foremost and that's what this enables us to do totally totally and then and then the most important thing of all attribution models be prepared to pivot (laughs) because you're going to change this you should change it right you you absolutely should change your attribution model consistently and i don't mean like switch from first touch to last touch and then to even and then back to first i don't mean it like that (laughs) that's insanity don't do that but i mean if if you get to first touch and then you're great i want to grow into even great and then i want to grow into algorithmic great and then once you're in algorithmic keep tweaking the algorithm maybe it's the time-based one that brandon was talking about whatever that looks like but continue to pivot and iterate on this because you, you want to continuously line your, your attribution model back to, again, am I answering the executive questions that I'm getting about that we need to decide on? Are we having problems with demand gen? Are we having problems with the lead funnel? All those things. What problems you're having is, is what you need to get the data to solve, and attribution is a way to do that. So pivot it all the time, right? It, it's going to continuously change and inform. Yeah. And I, I think if you're in a business that's needing to bring in new leads with paid efforts, you know, that that's one thing. Whereas like if you're in financial services, there's a set amount of financial advisors out there. You're not necessarily needing to do lead gen in the traditional way. And that's going right. to be a completely different model. And and you might be at a massive company that has every customer in the world and you're trying to figure out how to push a new product onto existing customers. An attribution model can help you figure that information out, right? And so th- there's all sorts of reasons why you would pivot this thing based on what your you know company goals are. In a lot of ways, attribution models should align to company goals. And so so it, it just depends is the right answer. Yeah, there's no, there's no wrong answer. The only wrong no, answer there is, is... I think you were pretty clear last touch. <laughs> oh, yeah, last touch. Okay, <laughs> other than last touch, there's no wrong answer. And like time decay was pretty close to the wrong answer. Well. Okay, fine. There is a wrong answer. <laughs> you, were pretty, you were pretty unhappy with every one of them, actually. <laughs> so, so I'm glad we went down that rabbit hole today. Just for you. I'm glad you made it through a full episode. Yeah, that's exactly. That's true. That's true. I, well, well done. Well done. I hope it was everything you wanted. Oh, it, was. it was so much Congrats more. on the baby step of being a participant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to have my brain working. There you go. But that, that's it. We will almost certainly talk about attribution in the future. If you have attribution questions, send them to Jonathan. Don't send them to me. I don't want to read them. I'm, I'm kidding. You can send them to me. I will probably forward them on to Jonathan, but you can certainly send them to me. Send me all of your other questions for this week on LinkedIn. And of course, follow us on, on uh, LinkedIn. Each of us is now posting very actively as well as the RevOps podcast page. And give us five stars on Apple. Um, this was an awesome episode, guys. Thank you for diving into a deep topic Thank with yeah. me. And we will see everybody next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys.